I have the great pleasure from time to time of being able to invite some of my favorite people to come and speak in this church. And uh, this morning, we are in for a real treat. Uh, we've got Oliver and Margaret. Margaret's not been with us before, but Oliver has. Uh, Oliver is one of the most insightful, uh, one of the wisest people that I've ever met. And uh, I have learned so much from him. It's always a real treat to spend time with him. And he's a nice person as well. So uh, it, it really is great to have you both here with us. Thank you so much for coming. Would you give Oliver an Oxford Vineyard welcome as he comes up? It is a real privilege and uh, delight to be back with you. Thank you. Uh, <clears throat> when, um, when we were discussing the topic for this morning, one of the questions uh, Andrew uh, asked me was, uh, is that going to be relevant for every, for ev to everybody? And uh, so that made me change the topic uh, even further after we had talked. Uh, originally, it was going to be uh, thinking of being an entrepreneur, question mark. And I've changed it to why every church should uh, encourage and nurture entrepreneurs and entrepreneurship. So we'll, uh, I, uh, I have put just as, an, as, as a help, really, I've put a few slides together to help us think our way uh, through that. And uh, it li literally applies to everybody. Age is no barrier, either end. And uh, I mean, you, you, you've heard of kids who were, who, who were selling things to people, friends in school and uh, as though it was normal, haven't you? And, uh, and when they tell you later on, they tell you as though, it, you know, anyone could do this. And, uh, but um, so to me, there are three, um, three reasons, I think, as the church, we should uh, uh, be interested in entrepreneurs and entrepreneurship. Now, why the interest in this? Uh, one of the interests for me is that I'm a failed entrepreneur. I've failed quite a few times. And, uh, and one or two things that I've done have, uh, have taken root and, uh, and worked. Uh, but, um, but I feel my thinking for a long time around this has been unhelpful and unclear. And uh, it was over-romanticized. Entrepreneurs were some you know, otherworldly type people uh, who uh, never felt any pain and never had any failure. Yeah? No. Um, and I love the uh, Oxford English Dictionary definition of entrepreneur as being someone who uh, sets up a new enterprise and takes financial risk, the financial risk going with that. So what's romantic about that? Pretty straightforward, isn't it? So what are some of the reasons we should be thinking about this? And... Um, I, I'm suggesting to you these are three of the reasons we should be thinking about this. One is the family in the center. In that uh, verse in Timothy 1, Timothy chapter 5, verse 8, it says, if you don't take care of your own family, this is not just uh, psychological and emotional needs, this is material needs. It says you could be worse than an unbeliever. And, uh, and in their context, that was particularly meaningful. So w one of the reasons... Is, uh, is that. Right now we have 32 million workers in the UK, 
And, and, and last year, a study that was undertaken, 21 million of them were thinking of changing jobs in 2018. So do you just hope from one trouble to another? You know, um, that's worth thinking about, isn't it? So uh, in, in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8, take care of your family, otherwise you're worse than an unbeliever. And that thing there in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 to 7, what we have there is we have this widow whose uh, her husband dies, she hits upon hard times financially, and uh, as was not uncommon in those days, the creditor comes and he says, your children are coming with me to, to, to be my slaves. You know what, friends? Once your children are taken, your future is gone, right? So she comes to the prophet Elisha, the man of God. And what does he say to her? God works a miracle through uh, Elisha. The oil begins to multiply, and she's borrowed all these containers. And in, in, in verse 6, she comes to him, and she says, You know what? Run out of containers. What does he say? Does he tell her off? No. He gives her financial advice in three points. He says, go and sell the oil. So there was a market mechanism. Pay off your debts. He's fixing her balance sheet. And leave off the rest. He's fixing her cash flow problems. And I'm assuming that had some trading to do with it. Because I don't think there was enough oil to make it last a, lo a lifetime. These children would have been 12 years and under to qualify for being called children. So God was taking these children through a financial masterclass. Isn't that amazing? So in the middle there, taking care of the family, it, it, it's really, really challenging enough uh, uh, as an employed person. We'll come back to that. And then the second reason for me is Matthew chapter 25, uh, in verses 35 to 45 there, where Jesus says, when he's not even giving a command, it appears, he's just expressing an, an expectation. <laughs> he says, when you saw me naked, when you saw me hungry, when you saw me homeless, when you saw me imprisoned, when you saw me a stranger, you took care of me. And friends, we can put some, some numbers around that. If we just take the, uh, the, 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 the thirsty, when you saw me thirsty, you gave me something to drink. Given that our brothers and sisters are mostly in the developed poor world, uh, in, in the, un, uh, the developing uh, poor world, if today we were to provide one bottle of safe drinking water for everyone without safe drinking water today, just one off at a dollar a bottle, we'd need $2.1 billion for that. That is not very clever, is it? So what it suggests is that the needs that our brothers and sisters have require for us to have time, for us to have ingenuity in terms of solving the problems, I wish it was a Christian who wrote the book, The Ingenuity Gap, as to the gap between our solutions and the problems we are pretending to tackle. So what are some of the solutions that are being attempted here? Microfinance is one of them in the developing world. Well, easily 70% of all loans on microfinance are loans that are used to pay off consumer debt 
or buy consumer goods, not to start a business. Or foreign aid. Uh, in the book, uh, Why Nations Are Poor, these two profs <coughs> from the U.S. talk about how uh, if you are lucky, 20% of the foreign aid gets to where it needs to go. It gets chopped off all along. Like, 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 like you know, uh, there was a report, wasn't there, about uh, how, how, I think it was Red, a Red Cross that in, in Haiti built uh, 12 houses from $2 billion. Some expensive houses, wouldn't you say? But, but it's, it, it's chopped off you know, along the way. So, so here, the body of Christ, he, one of the reasons for us to think about entrepreneurship is we have a mandate from Jesus to take care of his brothers and sisters, his disciples. And for us in the vineyard, Signs and wonders are a really important part of our DNA. But in this case, Jesus is not saying, do signs and wonders. He's saying, feed them, give them to drink. And another reason is the whole world. In Genesis chapter 12 there, we are told, one translation says, through you and your obedience, every family on earth will be blessed. And that's repeated in the Acts uh, uh, reference there. Every family being blessed because of you and little me. Can you? Isn't that amazing? And then in Jeremiah 29, we are instructed to seek the peace and prosperity of the city as though there were two conjoined twins. Peace and uh, economic well-being. So I'm suggesting, dear friends, that these are some of the reasons as we pray and as we plan our lives, these are some of the reasons why we need to think about entrepreneurs and entrepreneurship. If we go to the next slide, please. Uh, so how do people in our churches in the vineyard, how do people go about getting the resources they need for themselves in the middle there and for the other two circles? Well, uh, what we have on your left there, on my right, is we have four main means by which, well, for a start, we have the unemployed. We really, really need to pray for the dignity God has put by putting the image of God into, into our lives. So we need to pray that find a means of livelihood. The unemployed and people in the, the independent instructors in the gig economy, it's only those who are labeling it the gig economy who think it's funny. Those who are working in, in it do not. It gets as close to zero hours as you get. And then uh, we, we, we have employees who uh, were, you know, securities were their, uh, one of their main assets that, you know, to feel a bit secure. Well, about 20 years ago, it used to be true that if you got a good education, you got a good job, you got a pension, you were, you were set for life. But I think you'll agree with me. That is not exactly any longer the case. And then we have self-employed. That's a whole world of pain in its own right as well. Last year, this, uh, on average, self-employed people took home 225 pounds less a week than their employed counterparts. And that's without pension, without holiday pay, without sick pay. 
So we need to pray for our brothers and sisters in this body of Christ and other parts of the vineyard and other parts of the body of the church. So there's on the left, this is wage-based economic existence. On the right there, you have asset-based economic existence. And when I look at the book of Leviticus, I see an asset-based economy being encouraged there. On, on your left here, there is no headroom whatsoever. And it is a perfect recipe for guilt whenever there is a disaster around the world and we are asked to give and we think, I don't even know if I have money for lunch tomorrow. So, but, but also on the, right, on, on, on the right here, it's a whole world of pain as well, isn't it? I mean, last year, as I put there, 650,000 new businesses started. But inside of 10 years, 70% 70 of, 70 of those will be in the business graveyard. They'll be dead as businesses. So one of the reasons I, I'm suggesting to you that as a church we ought to be encouraged, interested in this thing is that some of those 650,000 businesses are started by our brothers and sisters. Is there anything we might have been able to do early on to help mitigate? Because it is known. Uh, some of the reasons why these businesses don't work, the reasons are known. Undercapitalized. Some of them sell mainly to individuals rather than to businesses. Marketing is not strong enough in there. And, and there's a whole bunch of, the, the research is very good in that. So, um, and then there's the entrepreneur investor here. These would be some of the people who in, in, in our movement would be in hiding because if they declared what they have, they feel they might be mobbed. But they need help with how their resources can be leveraged to create a difference for others. Um, there's a, um, Patrick McGuinness who wrote the book, The 10% Entrepreneur, where uh, he, he was sitting in AIG uh, where he knew here's a business with a trillion dollar balance sheet. What could go wrong? And... Uh, and I could identify, so identify with his story when he says, I never felt like an entrepreneur. I didn't until 2008 when the company I was working for went bust. And I had no other option. Uh, so we need to be able to say, let's support our brothers and sisters on this side. And let's support our brothers and sisters on this side, and let's cultivate both. Um, you see, the same God who says in Deuteronomy chapter 8, man shall not live by bread alone, is the God who says, give us this day our bread for tomorrow, according to the Moffat translation. And it's the same God who in Matthew 25 says, you give them to eat. Brothers and sisters, it is a privilege that we're given such a huge challenge by God. 
But this God, who's the same God who gives us this huge challenge, has, has dropped some hints in creation, has he not? I mean, like when you look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 11, where it says, let there be vegetation. Uh, I mean, I had not been curious enough to ask how many different categories of vegetation are there. Uh, but 350,000. And, uh, and, 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 and as you'll be aware, one of them being bamboo, you get over 1,000 business co uh, commercial products out of bamboo, ground nut over 100 commercial applications, hemp over 2,000 products, and, uh, and, and one of the little things in there being, uh, being ladies' fingers, okra, sitting next to opposite a lady uh, yesterday who said uh, her, her, her blood pressure was way up here, and she had some, a friend that said, soak uh, cut off the ends of uh, okra, um, uh, wash it, soak it overnight, and do this for eight days. She went to her doctors afterwards, and they said, we've never seen such a change. So, so this, uh, just in that little verse, it's almost whole pharmaceutical industries in, 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 in prospect. Is there stuff that God has put in his creation that he wants us to be curious about? I mean, all those areas that Jesus says, food, water, drink, those are all industries and businesses in potential, aren't they? So, let's think, let's, let, let's move to the next. Um, this guy, uh, Michael Moritz, a Welshman who, uh, who, who went over to the U.S. and wrote one of the first books on, 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 on Apple, uh, and, uh, and, 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 and became interested in, in, in investment and uh, became part of Sequoia Investment. And all these companies, yeah, he was one of the early investors in them. That's what made him his billions. And, uh, and, and so I was curious when he was being interviewed, what makes an, a person investable? And uh, these were the things that he was, uh, said he looks for. Of course, it's not a complete list. Um, but when I, when I was looking through it, I thought, I can see some, some biblical hints in there. Uh, I mean, uh, clarity of thought. What does it say? Uh, clear, as a, uh, clear as a trumpet, you know, in, 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 in terms of what you write these things down and make it clear. Ability to communicate clearly, you know, and, and uh, great sense of mission, Moses and all that, you know, willingness to, to, to persevere. Hebrews chapter 12 Jesus, for the sake, that, for the joy that was set before him, did not, you know, uh, give up, and uh, willingness to make painful decisions. Moses, uh, rather than uh, when he had a choice, remaining uh, as, as as Pharaoh's adopted Pharaoh's daughter's adopted adoptive son, he chose uh, the difficult route, uh, and and so it goes on. But one of the things where this can mislead us is that we can. Uh, think in terms of heroes and heroines. I suggest one of the things for us to be thinking about in, 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 the, in, in the vintage movement is how do we encourage groups of people to do the 10% entrepreneur piece where they take shared risk and begin to pray seriously. What I say to you, if you're thinking of doing an entrepreneurial project right now, don't do it. School yourself first. Learn to speak the language of money. Learn, learn, learn about the industry that you're thinking of going into. Uh, because why do you want to gamble with your money when you could actually educate yourself before you start? But I, 
I think this is something we need to take seriously. Uh, with a few friends, one of the things I, I was challenged hugely at the uh, leadership conference that w- when I was saying, I feel uh, in the vineyard, if we don't think differently about money, we will not be able to do the big special projects God has for us in the future because we will exhaust our capacity for money. And, and that for me, uh, a lot of the entrepreneurs we have right now who are really successful are entrepreneurs we have discovered rather than that we have created a pipeline about. I think we need to celebrate both. I would suggest we need businesses that start with a DNA which says it belongs to him. You know, like that guy who, uh, in, in Archer, someone came to me and said, I want you to tell me who is your favorite <coughs> character in the Bible? <coughs> Unfortunately, I wish she had said two. And, and she said, you're not allowed to say Jesus. I mean, how cruel could that be? But I told her that um, um, my favorite character in the Bible is the guy who, when King David was running away from his son Absalom, Uh, had enough resources (coughs) to take care of him and his people, say about a thousand people, for nearly three months. How do you begin to to even begin to have enough resources to do that? Take care of a thousand people for about three months? And all we have in the Bible about this guy, I think, is about seven or eight verses. I can't wait to sit down with him and say, tell me how did it happen? Daniel, I've for many years thought of Daniel mainly as a minor prophet, but I haven't thought of him also as a wealth manager for the king. Because when you look at chapter 6, it says part of their job, the first two or three verses in chapter 6, part of the job of Daniel and his peers was so that the king might not suffer loss. That's his wealth management. And, and then towards the end of chapter 6, uh, it, it talks about he became wealthy under these two uh, emperors. Well, the only person in human history that we know that was at the top of two empires successively. Isn't that amazing? So we need to rethink how we do this stuff. Where we say, Lord, help us to be good and comfortable with making money, loads of it, and really good at never idolizing it. What we do needs resources. Bless you. <laughs> um, and I love this. I think the, the, this is the uh, final one before we get to... Uh, can we have another slide, please? Uh, oh, okay. So if this is just to scare you away, okay? You, you can ignore that. And say, so why would you want to do it? When all of this stuff, this is a death trap, isn't it, really? And, uh, and yet we need to do it. The main priority of your employer is their bottom line, not your vision. And uh, God did not say you would work for this bank for the rest of your life as a wage slave. So... Uh, Let's rethink our relationship to the world of work where we are saying 
when I want to experience, I'll work for others. When I want to generate resources, I'll work with others to generate those extra resources. Um, uh, next one, please. Yeah, um, no, after that? Yeah. I love this from Peter Drucker. You know, he was a, he was a Christian, and some have called him the father of modern management, haven't they? Uh, he was nearly 90 when he died, and, 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 uh, and, and, and uh, someone called him the youngest uh, mind in America when he died. And, um, but for me, when, when he talks here about you know, knowledge is the source of wealth, it takes me to Deuteronomy 8, 18, which says, the, it is the Lord who gives you the ingenuity, the knowledge, the ingenuity to create wealth. What is the ingenuity God has made accessible to you? What are the problems in society and in the world that you've become so interested in you are willing to be paid to provide a solution? Um, for I remember a couple in our church, I had spoken about financial freedom and financial flexibility. Lovely, lovely couple. And uh, totally responsible and accountable. He comes up front and says, pray for me. I said, what is it? I could read terror in his eyes. And he says, uh, rent, rent has just been revised up without consultation. I don't know how we're going to cope. Terror in his eyes. And you know what? I wasn't in the, in the place of Elisha to be able to say to them, get some oil containers. There are people in our churches, gracious people, full of dignity, who've learned to come and worship God with all they have and go home and wonder what they're going to eat. I think these are things we should address ourselves to, don't you? So, uh, for me, the renewing of the mind should not be just about our devotional walk with God. It should be about what uh, Jeremiah is to, uh, no, Isaiah is talking about. Uh, it's in Isaiah 55, isn't it, when, he says, when God says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, and your ways are not my ways. In other words, God is saying what you believe and how you think matters, and how you behave matters. So what do we believe and think about money? What do we believe and think about industry? I mean, look at Genesis chapter 2. There's a verse that says there's gold, onyx, and aromatic resin in that place, and the gold in that place is good. Three elements that in their found state are not much good. So implicit already in the early stages of the Bible is value addition to the creation God has given us. He didn't give us aeroplanes, he didn't give us cars, he didn't give us chairs, he didn't give us tables, he didn't give us clothes. He gave us raw materials with which to play. And um, so if we go back one, back to the, my three reasons, yeah. So I'm suggesting, dear friends, that these are three reasons why you and I should be praying for our brothers and sisters in the body of Christ, in this church and beyond, to find employment. These are some of the reasons we should be praying for our brothers and sisters to give birth to businesses that will succeed.
I mean, like, are there going to be people in, 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 in Oxford Vineyard that will start hydroponic businesses that supply uh, fresh vegetables uh, to, to, to the city and get paid well for it? And uh, nice uh, fish. Uh, where uh, on 10% of the space, you produce 60% more than in normal agriculture. We need to pray God would, his creativity would break forth in our thinking and in our projects so that we are paid well for it and we have a growing confidence in meeting the needs that God has put in front of us. God wants to provide for our families. God wants to provide for his family, his disciples, in Matthew 25. And God wants every family of the earth to be blessed because you and I are, have turned up on this piece of real estate. So I'd like to pray. I'd like to pray that... Um, I'd like to invite you to join me in this journey where I'm on very much early stages of the renewing of the mind about how God wants us, wants us to think about this. It says, the heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth is given to mankind. To do what with? To add value to it. I'd like to pray that if, if, there, if, 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 if there's any seed, regardless of how young or, 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 or this is not highlighting this here, or how, how, how young or, or, or close to me in age you might be, that if God is planting something in your heart, the Bible encourages us with failed entrepreneurial projects. In Genesis chapter 6, we find Isaac. Um, at the wrong time of the year, it is during uh, famine, God tells him to plant. He starts an agribusiness. And he, he, he harvests uh, over a hundredfold. And then prof uh, professional jealousies in his marketplace set in. And the Philistines say, you can't do it here. You need to move. And he has to move. And, and he begins to pr prosper there. They say, you can't do it. He has to move. And a third time is the place where his business becomes established. And um, wouldn't it be great if in five years, 50 years' time, we saw 10, 20 businesses coming out of this church that are growing like crazy and uh, are a resource base for kingdom projects. And also around the world. Friends, many people who are seeing the problems around the world do not have solutions. They're wondering what to do with it. And you and I should be like Daniel and Joseph. Daniel and Joseph sold the problems that kept world leaders awake at night. So we're called to do that. I'd like to pray, is that all right? Or do, is, is, do we take one or two questions and then we pray? How do we do that? Question. Um, 
people who are just starting out in this and want to uh, educate themselves with regard to money and business, can you recommend two or three books where they should start off? <coughs> Um, there's a really good book called Money Speak. What's his name? Um, the beauty of it is he's not, he's not... He's writing as an interested layman. It's just... Um, um, in terms of... Um, uh, in terms of... Entrepreneurial work. The, the, there's a there's a really interesting book. This by McGinnis called the Ten Percent Entrepreneur. And uh, here's a guy who runs a, a 1.1 billion uh, private equity fund, having left AIG the time when he thought what could go wrong, and they did. And um, the um, there's a wonderful. I'm trying to remember its title now. There's a wonderful book. Uh, one, one of the best I've come across in terms of the research into what makes it not work. Uh, I'll, I'll send that. I'll, I'll send the list uh, to you. Um, and and I, I would encourage you, for me, I really believe in my ignorance, and I take it seriously enough to want to research around it. So if there's an area where you are not sure, take that ignorance seriously and inform it. Um, but I think the Word of God is full of all kinds of clues and hints for us. When you see in, the, in, 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 in Egypt, they had not enough. In the, prom, in, in, the, in the wilderness, they had just enough daily food. In the promised land, they had more than enough. And, uh, and, 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 and in Proverbs, it says a righteous man uh, uh, pr pr provides for his children's children. So it's almost like a two-generational financial planning time, time horizon. So it's a, some really interesting clues in, in, in Scripture. Yeah. Okay. I think the, uh, the, the question is uh, how to... Uh, get involved with this network of entrepreneurs within, within Vineyard. Um, the, we do not have anything formally structured as yet. Um, so f for me, uh, three or four of us, what we are thinking of doing is we are thinking of a project that we, for want of a better term right now, we're calling five to ten where we are not going to work with individual entrepreneurs. We want to work with groups of five, between five and ten. Uh, and uh, where we, we help them screen whether it is even viable. And then we help them think about how they uh, find the capital. Uh, because that's one of the things that can be a killer, isn't it? I mean, like, one of the universities in the Midlands says, if, if you qualify, we'll give you 2,000 uh, pounds. Hello? I, I'm just thinking... The people who are sitting around that table, have they ever run a business? And, uh, so, um, and, um, and, and, and we are thinking of providing for, for some of these groups, at least initially, a board they can't afford. 
So where we have a stake in their business, a small stake in their business, and for the next five years, we walk together. And, uh, and we help them with tools to, uh, to make it work. So um, at, this, at, the, at, the, at the seminar I was involved with at the, at the National Leadership Con uh, Conference, there were about 100 people in the room, maybe, maybe 80 to 100. And uh, everyone, you, uh, someone here was there as well. And, and ev many people uh, left their e email addresses and said, we really would like to do something about this. So we're in that stage of saying, what might that something look like? Well, Andre and I are always talking about this, and, and, and so you, you're bound to know very early how that works. But I think this is really important for us. Um, the Economist magazine, um, their latest uh, issue has something of these high flyers in New York who are leaving the, fleeing their desks to start uh, microbreweries and bakeries and so on uh, for quality of life and freedom. And, uh, and I'm just thinking, why is it in the church that we think it's okay for loyalty to travel in one direction only towards the employer, never towards this employer? So, so yes, long-winded way to say, uh, we'll let you have the information as it comes available. Uh, but, but things are beginning to happen. I mean, I'd love to see where we, over the next 10 years, we have, I don't know, 20, uh, 30 businesses that have been in, in intentionally helped this way. Anyone else? Questions, comments? There's a question there. I don't want to miss it. What is it? Tell me. Yeah, let him say anything. What is the anything you want to say this time about business? No, okay. I'll come after you to tell me. <laughs> Did you hear that? The, the question is, you're an entrepreneur, but you're obviously going to have... And remember I said, until 2008, I'd have said you're lying. Because I, I was pushed into this. I wasn't given an option. And, um, but, but for me, one of the things that I'd like to see happen is, yes, we create employment, but we create a framework that is asset-based. So whereas uh, in the Bible, the asset was mainly land, uh, here the asset would be paper assets in the way of uh, shares in the business. And, and, and sharing an asset-based existence forces you to build the relationship and go beyond difficult times and, and, and have a share of the reward and the pain. And I think we should be some of the ones who are creating employment for others, but where it's not just one or two people benefiting from the proceeds of it. Um, one of the things I had the privilege of doing was to be uh, one of the eight or nine commissioners that the government put together called the Ownership Commission. You know, the report is on the, on, on, on the website for that. And some of the people involved were people like the chairman of the uh, John Lewis Partnership, uh, the chairman of the CBI, and, and, and so on. 
And it was just wonderful to hear these stories uh, up close. And, uh, and, and so, for example, the partners in the John Lewis partnership are only allowed to make decisions in the best interest of future partners. They call themselves partners, you know. And, and you just think, what a way to, 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 to build uh, into the infrastructure of thinking about a business. So, um, so don't look at me as someone born a, a, an entrepreneur. I was not. I was forced to try and find ways to put bread on the table. Okay. Yeah. The question of uh, co-founders and founders, accountability, objectives, and so on. So, for example, one of the first things I would suggest is uh, when you have an idea, before you get too closely attached to it, use something like uh, the, uh, the business model canvas. If, if you Google this phrase, Steve Blank business model canvas, uh, Steve Blank uh, at Stanford, uh, he runs the entrepreneur program, and Stanford itself claims to have created more billionaire entrepreneurs than any institution on earth, but it's them speaking. And, uh, but but this, this framework wonderfully says, if you have these nine variables and you think carefully about them, which are, uh, and, and no rocket science, you know, anyone in here knows these things. So it, it's saying, what is our value proposition? What are our customer segments? What are our channels to customers? Uh, what are relationships with customers? What are our key activities? What are our key resources? Who are our key partners without whom we can't succeed? What does this all cost? And what do we make? And what is the margin? So on one page, um, uh, one organization I'm helping right now, a, a manufacturing company, uh, I'd, I'd worked with the board and, uh, and, and then the, the, the leadership group, and the CEO says to me, what do you feel about the leadership group? And I said, well, it seems to me like they don't have a shared job description. And so now they've taken the, uh, that, that framework and made it their shared job description so where they have a shared responsibility for doing that. In terms of um, shareholdings and partners, I think that's a conversation to be had and the, the, the agreements need to be written very tightly, very tightly. Money changes people, and usually it's not for the better. Because people usually go just with gentlemen's agreements, and, and, then, and, and then people forget. Uh, and I'm interested in how the Bible is so careful about contracts and agreements. But, but we can, we, we can, we, 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 we can uh, talk in more detail if you want later. Thank you. Okay, shall we pray? I, I just want to pray that uh, uh, some of those things we've talked about might become a reality. Father, we, we thank you for this, your body, for these, your children. Lord, we thank you that your love is so practical and passionate that you want us to take care of our families. It's so practical that you want us to take care of your disciples, your brothers and sisters, your little brothers and sisters, as you say in Matthew 25. And it's so practical and extensive that you want every family on earth to be blessed because we love you 
and because we obey you. So, Lord, we, 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 I ask that in our heads, this term entrepreneur would be demystified, where it simply means starting a venture and taking the financial risk for doing so. We ask that you'd lead us very, very practically, just like you led people in the Scriptures. Thank you for these, your children. Thank you for the people in here who've run successful ventures. And thank you for those who've had failed ventures and learned from. And thank you for those who are thinking of such ventures. And thank you for those in employment. Bless them, Lord, and, and show them the way forward. And those without work, we ask that you'd provide. Thank you because of Jesus. Amen. Um, a few years ago at the National Leaders Conference, Oliver was speaking and something was stirring inside me and I, I, couldn't, I didn't really understand what it was or anything, but if you feel that way, that God has something that's just caught your attention, something stirring, I want to give you the opportunity to be able to respond to Jesus this morning because uh, it means that he's doing something and it's good to be able to say yes. So uh, if... If you feel that God is, is stirring you this morning, then please just stand where you are, because I'd love to pray for you. <clears throat>